And there's days I can totally feel like I don't want to get out of bed. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to wallow in it. Because sometimes when you keep saying that and keep saying that, it becomes the truth, it becomes real, and you become exactly that. You become sick, fat, ugly, and unworthy in, in whatever you're trying to do. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. I've tried a lot of different omega-3 supplements, and I've got to say that Iwi is the best one I've ever used. Their secret is algae. It's on another level. I mean, this is truly next level. Here's why I love Iwi. Fish and krill get their omega-3s by consuming algae. So that makes algae the original and best source of omega-3. You know how oil and water don't mix? That's what happens to fish oil in your body. So if you're taking oil supplements, you have to remember this. Iwi's proprietary form of algae leads to 50% more absorption than fish, krill, and any other algae oils the world's highest absorption of any source of omega-3s. So my friends, I will no longer be fooled by imitators. Now that I know that not all algae are created equal, Iwi's patented formula goes straight to your bloodstream. So more absorption, more healthy benefits. In a clinical study, Iwi cholesterol helped reduce bad VLDL cholesterol by 25% on average in just three months. That's amazing. And to top it all off, Iwi's products are all plant-based, sustainably sourced, and farmed here in the USA. Give Iwi a try, and I know you're going to love it as much as I do. That's why I've arranged for all of my listeners to get this amazing offer. You can only get it here. For a limited time, you can save 30% off of your first purchase by going to iwilife.com forward slash loved and use the promo code loved at checkout. And be sure to watch the really cool video that shows how Iwi is better absorbed in your bodies. That's how I learned all of this really cool stuff. That's I-W-I-L-I-F-E dot com forward slash loved. And use promo code loved for 30% off of your first purchase. That's iwilife.com forward slash loved. Promo code loved. A quick note, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, back to our show. It's quiet. Oh, people didn't like when I did the ASMR thing, by oh, the way. Why? Do we know they, why? We, we don't know, but when I say people, I mean the two people that emailed me at info okay. at radicallylove.com. They did okay. not like... Um, so I'm not going to do that. They they said that it was a distracting and that they didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's some feedback, right? Okay, Very if anybody, if there's more than two people that disagree with that, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at info at radicallyloved.com. And if anything, just email us to say hi, because we love you. Hello. Yes. <laughs> I like hellos. <laughs> Me too. Um, hello. Welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. I am joined by Tessa. Tessa, Tessa is going to be like our guest today. Well, actually we have, this is a special episode. You guys all enjoyed 
the episode, the the double feature from last week with uh, Lodro, and I added Tim, my friend Tim, is uh, interview. Tim Desmond, I'm sorry, I was choking. <clears throat> Tim Desmond's <laughs> interview that I did uh, last year, 2019, at the end of that one, and we got some good feedback on that. So I'm like, oh, it would be really great to re-release a, an episode that I really enjoyed, and it was so relevant to a conversation that I was having this week with somebody. And I said, you know. I think it's really important for Tessa and I to have this conversation with our community um, to talk about a couple of things. Number one, uh, authenticity mm. and um, being able to choose our words wisely. Mm. And uh, yeah, and we'll talk about a little a little bit about how that pertains to manifestation as well. Mm-hmm. So before we get into it, Tessa, how's your week been? Tell us all about it. Oh, it's been a really good week. You know, the weather affects how I feel so much. And we've had some amazing sunshine in the Pacific Northwest. So that helps me feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've been sleeping well, which also helps. And uh, yes. <laughs> like, what can you, what will you attribute the good sleep to? Is there something that you're doing differently? Um. I, I think I'm just practicing letting go. This sounds a little bit ethereal, but I think I'm just practicing letting go of this kind of worry story of, okay, I have to have eight hours. I have to have it start at this time and I have to wake up at this time and I have to get X, Y, and Z, you know, like the to-do list around yes. sleep Yes. and shooting all over myself about what that's supposed to look like and what the right way to go about sleep hygiene is. Um, because oftentimes that just makes me spin out into more anxious feelings than, and less restful feelings. And that just doesn't help. So yeah. What I was thinking about too, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about, um, like right when COVID happened, you were describing like how your, your schedule shifted to staying up later and kind of sleeping in later. And, um, I went through a period of that too, but I also went through a period of like, okay, well, I can relax a little bit now. Like I can rest a little bit more and I notice my sleep get better then too. So it's just interesting how you relax, like in your life around your schedule, we're a little bit less rigid. Yes. It helps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. And for those of you that are just tuning in, one thing that I want to say as well, this was another question that I received last week and I'll, I'll come back to what you said, Tess. Mm-hmm. Tessa is uh, a yoga and meditation teacher. She's a holistic health coach. And she was one of, we met because she did my first yoga teacher training like mm-hmm. six years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More? Six, years six? Ago. Wow. That's yeah. wild. And yeah. so she also has a podcast. Uh, do you want to tell everybody what your podcast name is? Yes. It's called Outside the Studio. Uh, and just briefly, that is the the brainchild behind that is, you know, we have these yoga practices, we have these things that we do in a specific place and environment, and we learn these lessons and we practice these things, but how can we take that um, away with us and into our daily lives and and really uh, walk our talk? Yes. And these are very poignant conversations and ones that I feel like we should have more and more. And Tessa also is, uh, I basically just... um, I don't know how I managed to 
uh, I'm like, how did I manage to convince you to come and be the radically loved everything? Oh, I, I, I think I convinced you of that. I mean, we were driving, I had you captive audience driving <laughs> us to a retreat and bend. And I was like, you know, Listen, Randy, I, I think I you need an assistant. <laughs> Yeah. Because at that point you had been assisting teacher, you'd been assisting teacher trainings and mm -hmm. workshops and, um, and retreats. And I think it was the point where you were just like, listen, let's have a conversation here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you had been without one. You had been oh, without yeah. one for a little bit. And I was like, let's do this together. Yeah. And we did. And now here you are. And now you're doing this with me. Um, yes. So I wanted to just give people a little bit of background because I don't know that we've actually done that on the podcast and a couple of people have messaged us and people are really loving your voice. And I'm like, well, I don't know that we've ever shared that. So, and we'll continue to share as the weeks come on. And Tessa is here to do the weekly recap, so to speak, and mm -hmm. um, to help me with the introductions to the guests. And saying that we'll go back to what we said the conversation was going to be about today, which is why I'm sure a lot of you are tuning in. Mm -hmm. um, a, a few days ago, I posted on Instagram about the, the power of being real and honest and authentic. And for a long time, being authentic was a little bit of a trigger word for me because I feel like it was being overused. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was just being used in such a colloquial way that felt like disingenuous. Mm. It felt like, oh, it's important to be authentic or, oh, I'm authentically sharing. But what does that, what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean to be authentic? To me, being authentic means to be honest and fully who you are and to be unapologetic about it. Mm. To just show up fully with vulnerability, with a deep sense of grounded, groundedness. So I know it's a lot of explanation for what I think authentic is. And one of the things that bothers me most about that sort of trigger for me for a long time was because I saw it a lot on social media and I saw it a lot on people's feeds. Um, and a couple of months ago, I had posted on my Instagram stories and Tori never, ever, it goes on social media. He never goes on my Instagram stories. And he went on there and he was like, why, why do you keep using that weird filter? And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, my glow filter. I'm like, because it gives me sparkles. This is fun. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, it's just, it's like, it's not you though. Like this, not, it doesn't look like you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is me. Like, mm -hmm. so then I, I tried it and it does do a little bit of, you know, facial enhancements. It clears your skin <laughs> and it makes your eyes glittery. And, you know, everybody wants to look good mm -hmm. and well, not everybody, I shouldn't generalize. I, I, if I'm going to be taking a video, I, I don't want to look like shit, but I don't, if I do, it's like not that big of a deal, but it's like, I'm using a filter. Like why, why is he giving me such grief? And, and then I thought about it for a second and I'm like, well, why don't I just do normal, a normal video without using a filter? Cause I'm a bit, see, I, I like looking at pictures and images and people without a filter. I don't mm -hmm. like seeing people with a filter. I'm like, I want to see your face. I want to just see you, you, 
I want to see you in your natural habitat. I want to see what you <laughs> look like naturally in, in the wild. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I did a little poll on my Instagram stories and I did two, like a side-by-side. I said, here I am with this filter that I love to use. And here I am just normal mm-hmm. without any filter at all. And a lot of times I use a filter because when I do my Instagram stories, I'm only on social media from the hours between like 9 a.m. and about 11 a.m. And then I don't ever, I don't check it again. And I'm not going to get up and, you know, wash my face, do all the things to do an Instagram story. Right, right. So I'm like, I'll just put this filter on and I'll stay in my PJs and nobody will know any different. Yeah. But I guess people do. And it really, at the end of the day, doesn't really matter. So anyway, most people voted that they liked or enjoyed seeing a a picture or a story with, without a filter. Okay. And so then I had this conversation with our friend Eli and I asked him, I'm like, Hey, so what, when you're looking at a story or when you're on Instagram, what, what are you mostly drawn to? And he said the same thing. I'm mostly drawn to pictures and images without a filter. And then I started to think like, okay, I don't, I'm not, this isn't, uh, I'm not trying to have this conversation to shame anybody who uses a filter or who uses any sort of enhancement. I don't care. I think it's great. I will continue to use them whenever I feel like it because I'm a grown up and I get to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so should, so should everybody else out there. But I think it was a really interesting point even for myself, because then I started to think about this whole thing of authenticity and, and the definition I just gave. Mm-hmm. So if I'm being my fullest and truest and realest self, why, why does it matter how I take a picture, how I mm-hmm. show up in yeah. this public forum? Yeah. And it doesn't really at mm-hmm. the end of the day, but I think the reason why it does is because we care what other people think mm-hmm. and we want other people to view us as authentic and as real and as grounded. But then we shy away from fully expressing ourselves and showing our full self. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it has me thinking like, there's a piece of it to these filters and these, you know, even just like makeup and getting ready in the morning and the way that you maybe wear earrings or how you dress yourself there to me, there's a piece of it that is like self-expression and an artistic expression of who you are. And, um, and I'm a Pisces. And so as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, well, I love the glittery sparkles and the colors and the rainbows. And to me, I'm attracted to those things. Like if I see a shiny image and sparkles falling down, that's what I want to look at. (laughs) So I think it depends on which lens, you know, attracts us and everyone's different. Also, you know, from day to day, we're different. So it makes a lot of sense. And I think there's no right or wrong answer. And I also think like, yeah, give yourself permission to continue to use a filter if you want to. And I don't think that means that you're in a, you're not saying this, but I don't think it means that um, because you use a filter, then you're not suddenly being your authentic self, right? Like it's, it's just another form of self-expression. And, and to me, I look at it as it's another form of art. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with you. And like I said, I think 
I, I, I think about my response in that moment because I, it gave me pause. I had to think about it. And there are moments where I, like I said, I want to use a filter. I'm going to use it. And there are moments where I don't feel like using one and that's okay too. Yeah. I guess what I'm, what I'm, the point that I'm trying to make, if I'm trying to make a point at all, maybe I just wanted to hear myself talk, which can also be the case, um, is how, how important is it to us to be viewed as authentic? And is it more important for us to be viewed as authentic or is it more important for us to be authentic? Mm -hmm. And I mean, to, my answer to that, I don't know if you're asking me, but what I think is, I am like, I am asking how, you. <laughs> and the answer to that for me is how much do you care what other people think about you? Because if you are truly showing up and being true to yourself, you're not going to care if anybody else thinks you're authentic. Like their opinion won't matter. Um, and I say that knowing that I care, you know, it, it impacts me. Like feedback that I get impacts me. If I taught a class and someone was like, that sucked. <laughs> that kind of hurts my feelings, you know, not that people say that, but I'm just the idea of getting constructive criticism or getting feedback that's hard to hear sometimes versus getting the feedback like, oh, that class was amazing. It was transformative or even the radio silence of, nobody said anything. What does that mean? What does that say about me? But at the end of the day, coming back to my true self, why did I show up for that? Why am I teaching this class? Am I teaching it because I believe in this message and I want to share it regardless of if it lands with somebody, maybe it lands with one person and everyone else was like, I didn't really get that. So we think that that's kind of the answer is like, okay, we'll always bring it back to yourself and understand the why of what you're doing and why you're doing it. If you are attracted to sparkly rainbow things like me and you love filters because they make you feel happy and it's like another expression of art, great, use it. If, it, if you feel like it's a mask that you're putting on and you're hiding yourself behind it, maybe try it without, you know? So I, I think be willing to explore both sides of the coin, both experiences yeah. and always ask the yeah, why. And don't be, and don't be so rigid in, mm -hmm. in yeah. your res resolve. Yeah. Don't be so rigid so that you, you don't have the space to ever use a whatever right. filter like, or not. You don't have to make up your mind and then be like, okay, well, I'm never going to use a filter again. Right. Cause I said I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. I'm because mm -hmm. I will change my mind like five times in a day. Yeah. And it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And, um, exactly. I just thought it was interesting, mm -hmm. you know, people's perceptions or, or their, their views on what they, what they think is, mm -hmm. is the real you or not the real you anyway. All right. So saying that, um, I want to talk about the power of words and obviously you and I have had these conversations several times mm -hmm. and, there was a moment in time where, I don't know, maybe it was like, oh my God, I'm literally going to do it. It was 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago. So 10 years ago, it would have been 2011. Okay. So I was still living in LA mm -hmm. and I was, uh, you know, teaching in, in, in LA. I was teaching in Hollywood. I was teaching in, um, in Westwood. I was kind of teaching all over the place. And I had a, a mentor, a teacher that I looked up to. I love taking her classes and, mm -hmm. Um, 
she was really great, uh, super critical of the language I would use in, in a class mm-hmm. and would always ask why I use a certain word for certain things. And um, there was a, a moment in time where we, it was, she came to my class. I know now that I think about it, I'm like, she would just come to my class to criticize it, but whatever, it's fine. Or give me feedback. She would say, I felt like it was critical, mm-hmm. but whatever it was fine. But one of the things that I realized for her, um, was that she was the first person that told me how important it was to mind your words and to, to be really aware of the, and I've known this my whole life, just with mm. manifesting or, you know, do positive thinking and positive affirmations, all of those things. But what she was speaking to specifically was my language that I used all the time. You know, I'm, I dropped the F-bomb mm. here and there mm-hmm. quite often. Sometimes it's like, there's just no other word to express what you're trying to say. It's just like the perfect word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> She's like, yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Yes. And we were having, uh, I can't remember. I feel like we were having a bagel. I wanted to say a donut, but I think it was a bagel. We we're sharing a bagel or something. Mm-hmm. And, and I was saying, something and you know I was just like yeah that fucking thing and she goes you know back to what I was saying about your language in class I think it's really important for you to be mindful about the words that you use because if you continue to use those words you're not allowing yourself to vibrate at the highest level Hmm. yeah Hmm. and that really resonated with me Mm -hmm. did it stop me from using the f word no because i was like yo this makes me vibrate at such a high level like when i use the word it makes me feel like i'm really fully in that supreme ultimate vibration yeah there's like a power behind it too yeah depending on why you're using it in the context i mean everything goes back to the why of course exactly (laughs) here we go this is tessa's lesson for today for the the yeah for the day the why yeah so this whole idea of vibration and vibrating at your highest it really left an an impression Mm -hmm. because i i liked what she said i didn't actually enjoy the context of what she was saying but i i liked the idea of our words helping us vibrate at our highest. Yeah. And you, you've done workshops with me and trainings where I talk about this and I say how important it is for us to state our intentions, to state our intentions clearly, to mm-hmm. reframe our internal dialogue so that we are being affirmative in the positive And we are just continually um, trying to sort of derail the cycle of negative speak in our mind because to me the way to vibrate at our highest is to vibrate at a level where we feel we're being propelled to move forward or we we are compelled to continue to learn and continue to better ourselves etc so one of the things that I wanted to ask you was hold on let me let me let me think about this. How, how often do you think about the language that you're using or, or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how often do you think about it yeah. before it comes out or as you're thinking about it, if there's something that's not allowing you to vibrate at a higher level, mm-hmm. do you try to eradicate it? Yeah. 
this is a really, it's interesting. And uh, so a little bit of backstory. I, in, in college, I studied human communication, which is different than mass media and, and journalism in that my classes were nonverbal communication. Like what? So in college, I took a class or I studied human communication rather. And in these classes were focused on nonverbal communication and just this very topic. How do we use our words and what words are we saying and why are we saying them? So we did a little experiment. And I think I was very aware of my words. The teacher asked us not to use the colloquial, colloquial word like for, I think it was like a period of a week. And so, yeah, it was very hard <laughs> because it's like a filler word. It's, it's just like said a filler it word. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So as I think back to that, and as I think about myself now and how I use words, usually I'm more aware in retrospect. If I say something and then I have a judgment about what I just said as being, uh, usually the judgment is around like, oh, that you sound a little bit ditzy. That's my self-talk. That's my negative self-talk. Mm. Uh, so it's oftentimes in retrospect that after I've said something, I'm like, ooh, maybe I didn't want that to come out like that. Mm. Um, but if I can put myself back in my college self and make a mindful pause and, uh, you know, words don't have to come out so quickly and so rapidly. We can take a moment to think about what we want to say from a place of mindfulness. And, and to me, that means, like I just said, taking a pause, taking a breath, choosing my words with intention. And I, I also think there's kind of a fine line between um, overthinking what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Mm. And also letting your um, authentic self speak for itself. And sometimes that sounds a little bit more like stream of consciousness. And yeah. So do you know what I mean? It, it's a yeah. fine, there's a fine line. And I try to walk that balance without getting too, for me, I can get a little over analytical of my, my speech. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting from the lens of my husband, who is a native uh, Spanish speaker. And I, I basically helped him learn English. You know, he did the work himself, but he would be trying to, to write sentences and um, understand how to put things together. And he always had so many questions for me about why in English you say things this way in the um or the uh, right? You know, because we we say uh or the, the filler words mm -hmm. like like a lot. And um, he has this judgment that that makes you also sound like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I feel like I've always been very aware of words, how we use them, what they mean, why we use them. Um, did I answer your question? That yes, was that's okay. beautiful. That was beautiful. And thank you for the examples. I think that's so, that's so right on. And I love that. Um, um, as I, um, mm, so here are my, right? here are my, <laughs> my words are, you know, mm. like, um, those are, those are my, those mm -hmm. are mine. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to be very mindful about them. You know, what's interesting they come out when I'm doing the podcast, they come out anytime I'm interviewing somebody and I'm having a conversation because I'm just having a conversation with them. When those words do not come out when I'm teaching, mm, yeah. when I'm teaching, I have no idea. That's a very, those words never come out anytime I'm leading a training, 
doing a retreat mm-hmm. or which I, I don't know what that is. It maybe it, it just, I, there's maybe something to what Jorge's saying about going into the space where you just feel so comfortable with whatever's coming out of your mouth that there is no space for the filler words. Mm-hmm. That every word matters and, and every word matters. Purposeful. Yeah. So going to the power of words and let me, let me define, I'm sorry that I didn't do this before we, we started with this topic, but to define vibrating at your highest for me, what I understood, and she didn't explain this to me. I just came up with the explanation for myself. Vibrating at my highest felt that I was being the most honest Mm-hmm. and the most real and authentic. So this ties into what we were talking about earlier. So when I feel like I am as honest and I, as I can be, as authentic as I can be, and with a, a tinge of vulnerability, because I also believe that vulnerability for me anyway, is it has a, a, a certain place at a specific time And because of maybe the way that I grew up with always being guarded and being in a hard environment, I, I saw being vulnerable as a a point of weakness. Mm -hmm. I don't now, obviously, especially with all the work that I've done with it and, and learning about yoga and mindfulness and Mm self-development, how important it is to be vulnerable, but but even in those moments of vibrating at my highest, there's still a semblance of vulnerability. So it's authentic, it's true, and it's a little bit vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like the vulnerability is coming just from a place of being completely honest because I feel like to be, I feel like, here we go, <laughs> to be honest means to just be exposed, to be open, to be put in a place where there could be some hurt. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that is where our words matter. And of course they matter in so many other ways. They matter in the form of cultivating something that you want or being positive in your life or the words that you speak to other people. And are they true? Are they kind? It's the Byron Katie, uh, the work template. Is it true? Uh, Is it kind? Is it necessary? Mm -hmm. When we say things, which I feel is also important for us to do, but I think when I'm, I'm talking about words in this context is how can we utilize the words that continually make us feel empowered, that Mm -hmm. make us feel strong, that make us feel confident, so that we can communicate in in a deeper way, so that we can communicate and build bridges as opposed to focusing on using words to argue our differences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a worthwhile, it's worth, it's worth, it's worth it to take a moment to, to think about. And I mean, obviously that's why we're having this conversation to hopefully spark conversations among everyone else and in your, maybe with yourself or with your partner. One other thing I always think about, Jorge says this to me all the time. He's very wise. He is. (laughs) He always says, you know, it doesn't really matter 
what you're saying. It matters how you say it. And I agree. I think that it matters what I'm saying and also how I say it, but I get what he's, he's trying to convey in that, you know, you said you were willing to do this thing to me, but you said it with all the attitude in the world. And I don't believe you because I can see through that. So it also matters, you know, what you're saying and how you're saying it, because people, we can see through that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And going back to what we're talking about being authentic. Exactly. When you're being disingenuous, Tori asked me to do something and I'm like, ugh, fine. Mm -hmm. And I roll my eyes and I respond like that. And then he goes, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. And then I get angry because I'm like, I said I would do it, but it's like, (laughs) I don't really want to do it, but I'm right. I'm going to do it, but Mm -hmm. I I don't want to do it. So yeah, how we respond matters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the topic of manifestation, which is very exciting. And I'm not going to get to spend as much time as I want. Maybe we'll have to do a part two next week. Yes, please. But, because I really feel like it's important and yeah, um, it's a, it's a great topic. So I'm going to take a deep breath because mm. it took a long time for me to not roll my eyes whenever I saw manifestation, anything, mm-hmm. because I'm like, Oh, here we go. Manifestation, whatever. What are we doing? What are we writing? What kind of vision board are we collaging? And now what? Mm-hmm. So the, the eye roll is not coming, uh, as a slide on anybody. It's mostly just, well, it might be actually, I'm not going to say that I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on that. Um, I think so manifestation is the idea that what we think say and do matter Mm-hmm. in the process of creating the life that we want, cultivating our desires, bringing the things in, those three things matter. That is how we manifest. Manifest means to, to create, right? So we're basically creating something from thin air or we're, mm-hmm. we're magnetizing something towards us. So the very concept of manifestation, I feel in my opinion, has a narrow concept that implies that what happens to us is a choice. That, that, that's always been my biggest problem Mm -hmm. because I think about, okay, so if it's not my choice to be in poverty, to have disease or to be Mm -hmm. subjected to violence, those things are not by choice. So mm-hmm. how do you explain that then? How did right. I manifest that? Mm-hmm. And I've actually had conversations with, I won't say who, but people in the space of wellness who teach this, who have an explanation for that. And I just, I'm not, I don't buy it. It's not for me. More power to you if you can preach on how people manifest poverty and disease and violence into their lives. But I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like uh, there's, a, there's a lack of attention in that. I think that the most important thing, so I, it's problematic reasoning, right? Mm-hmm. Just overall for people to think that they manifest bad. I think that if you continue to focus on bad things back, bad things will happen, but I'm just saying in general, like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit irresponsible for us to think that. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it also feels like it creates a huge, uh, separation between the the people who are fortunate and the people who are less fortunate and and almost like this judgment that that it is deserved which I have a huge problem with as well yeah 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we need social services. We need community. We need to hold each other up. You know, that saying we're only as strong as our, as our weakest link. And um, yeah, this is true. So the whole idea is that we can't determine everything that happens to us, but we do have the creative capacity to bring about change, to make a different choice with regard to what we believe, Mm -hmm. right? So if we believe that we can bring something into our life, if we believe that there is a way out of a not good situation, then there is a way to think, say, and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole, the whole, the, the, the thing that people miss the most, in my opinion, is the do part mm-hmm. that actually the act, the taking action. And for me, what I believe manifestation, the main ingredient is commitment to action, to be able mm-hmm. to commit, to actually do something, to take action, to take the steps that you need in order to bring those things in. So whether it be a partner, whether it be a career, whether it be, uh, you know, a a home or what, whatever the manifestation is that you're wanting to, to create and do. Um, there's so many, so many factors to this and, and I'm just like looking at the time and I really want to get to the interview that we're, we're going to relaunch here and and I'll tell you in a second why. So here's what we'll do. We'll continue the manifestation talk next week. What do you think? I love that. Please. Yes. So to be continued my friends, because I have a feeling that this is going to be a topic that a lot of people are going to want to get into. And Mm -hmm. being as I created an entire curriculum for this, it's at the forefront of my brain. So I have Mm -hmm. to get it out. Yeah. Um, so with the conversation that we had today about words, about authenticity, about being true to who you are, it made me think about my dear friend, Ruben Rojas, who I interviewed for the podcast three years ago. Now, I think it was three years ago. When was 2019? That was three years ago. Oh gosh, two. Well, three years ago. ago. Okay. So two years ago. So it was two years ago. (laughs) And he has since had a baby and which is very exciting. He's got yeah. a be- the most beautiful wife, uh, Z Rojas. She is gorgeous. Their baby is the cutest. And what's really interesting to me is that in the podcast, I actually asked him towards the end, what would you say to your unborn child? Oh. If they could listen to this, what would you say? And I yeah. love, I love what he said. His, he is an artist. Those of you that are in LA, most certainly you've seen his art. He paints love walls all over and love art. And he comes from this incredible background. I mean, he was uh, uh, in, in real estate. He basically did a whole 180 on his life and career and committed to living an authentic a life that was true to who he was, an artist. And it was such an inspiring story. And when I was thinking about this topic, I kept thinking about him and he happened to pop up on my feed when I opened my, my Instagram. And I was like, Oh, I want to listen to that again. And I went back and I listened to it. And then I said, you know what? I think it'd be really cool since people enjoyed the double feature last week. Why don't we 
relaunch this episode that I feel like is very relevant to the things that have been going on this week mm-hmm. and where we are and just in general lessons that I think we all are here to learn and mm-hmm. things that we can always pull inspiration from. Yeah. And it's just so, it's so nice to have something repeated, especially the things that really resonate. We have so many tools, you know, so many people come on this podcast and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to remember that. And I want to remember that. And it's nice to have the, the really valuable and all of it's valuable, but it's nice to have some repetition. I agree. Yeah, totally. 100%. So thank you all so much for listening. We so appreciate you and we love to hear from you. So you can continue to email us info at radically That's Tessa's email. So it goes directly to her. <laughs> so you can email uh, us her, we both get it. So you can, you can send us any questions that you may have and don't forget to subscribe and what rate Rate and review. review. Yeah. Rate and review this (laughs) podcast. And we love to continue to provide all this content for free. Those of you that are new listeners, I was just on Maria Menounos' podcast, um, last week and uh, her podcast is better together with Maria Menounos, um, Mm -hmm. and her husband, Kevin, and her producer Kelsey interviewed me and it was, we, it, we had such a good time that we, they made it into a two part. So if you haven't listened to that, please go take a listen. It's some really great little nuggets of, uh, wisdom in there. Uh, things that I've learned, not necessarily from me. Are you kidding? Um, things that I've learned and yeah, so check that out. And we, we love you all. And Tessa, thank you so much for just being amazing. Oh my gosh. Likewise. Thank you. It's so fun to do this with you. Yes. Okay. Here's <laughs> our conversation. Well, here's my conversation because Tessa was there in spirit. Yeah. Here, here's my conversation with Ruben Rojas. Being self-employed and running a business can be extremely challenging. I remember when I first started teaching yoga, one of the biggest worries I had was how was I going to pay my student loans? When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. So this means they can offer you smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive your funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So if you're like me and you want to find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today, go to upstart.com forward slash loved. That's upstart.com forward slash loved. L-O-V-E-D. Don't forget to use our URL and let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain information provided on your loan application. Go to upstart.com forward slash loved. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know that I've been using Thrive Market for years. We've even had Gennar Lovelace on the show. 
Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They have the highest quality, healthy, and sustainable products and the best selection online. You can buy thousands of wholesome food, home, and beauty products curated just for you. So it really creates it simple for you to get the things that you want and even discover some things that you didn't know you would like. Like the brand Lesser Evil that has grain-free paleo puffs with no cheese cheesiness and I am addicted. Look, you guys know that I've been writing this book for, it feels like a year. It's not been completely a year, but it might be here in the next couple of months. I've been really busy just trying to balance everything, teaching classes online, being able to stay up to date with the podcast, and having things delivered to my door has been so incredibly helpful Not only that, but I know that by supporting Thrive Market, I'm supporting my community. They also focus hugely on supporting female-owned businesses. You can personalize your grocery store to just focus on BIPOC businesses and brands. It's super easy to get started and find exactly what you're looking for. There are two different membership options to suit your lifestyle. The first one is one month membership for $9.95 a month, or a 12-month membership for $5 a month, billed at $59.95. So we're excited to announce that Thrive Market has a new offer for all of our listeners. If you join today, you get 25% off of your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com forward slash radically loved and join today to get 25% off of your first order and a free gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market dot com forward slash radically loved to get 25% off of your first order and a free gift. Thank you Thrive Market for being a supporter of Radically Loved Radio. I'm sitting with somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for so long, Ruben Rojas. And I always want to say it with like a Spanish accent, Ruben Rojas. Oh. <laughs> I know and he even did the like hair, the hair flip. Um, so I'm really excited to be talking to Ruben and I've been such a huge fan of his work and his philosophy. That's what I call it. And I want to get into that. And um, I'm just, I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, like it's a pleasure to be here. We are actually in his studio in Santa Monica. And when I walked in here, I was just completely, um, love bombed by all, by all the beautiful art around. And I just, I didn't want to touch anything, but like, there's so many magical pieces everywhere and I'm sure they're commissioned by people. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, not also, just... you're also seeing something new that I haven't done yet. And this won't be released for a while until I make a whole bunch of them. So that's brand spanking new. Oh, that means we got the inside scoop. So you guys won't even get to see it for a while. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, so anyway, I'm sitting here with Ruben as a fellow native Angelino. Mm-hmm. I know how you started your journey. Um, and I know that you used to be in real estate and that was kind of part of your part of your beginning career. Right. So I'm curious as to now that you've achieved this level of success as an artist um has your why changed at all has my why changed no it has not on today i actually posted on instagram the first mural i painted and the question that mural says is who will you be so from the start everything was always rooted in in love and in choosing 
who you can lean into and looking at things through the lens of love versus looking at life through the lens of fear, mm -hmm. especially when everything around us is always bombarding us yeah. and our insecurities and we're not enough and we're not worthy and get bigger boobs and a bigger butt and a bigger truck. So like, you know, it's an opportunity to tell people, Hey, you're perfect. You're beautiful and you're worthy. Uh, it doesn't mean we have to believe it every day, mm -hmm. but when we lean into that a little bit more, life gets a little bit easier. Yeah. We're a little bit happier. We're a little bit less comparing to others. Mm -hmm. um, so my way hasn't changed. You know, it took a couple of years. It took a couple of murals. And I look back and I'm like, whoa. Like there was always something there. And I would sit there like, what's my style? What am I doing? What is my message? And I got invited to do, to do a TED Talk. And that kind of helped me hone in on what I was creating. And from day one, it was always there. And it was just a matter of looking at it and owning it. Yeah. I love that because I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more on that, on the feeling of it always being there, because I feel like so much of us have that gift within us, you know, and it looks different for everybody, but I feel like we become so desensitized to that knowing when, oh, this is my thing, or this is what's right. And it's calling to you and we just like ignore it. So can you elaborate a little bit more on what that looks like for you? And if, if you did kind of push it away, what that looked like? Well, everything we can be is already inside of us. It's whether we choose and how we choose to apply it. So, you know, in this life, you're, you're kind of guided to go through school and to college and to corporate America and buy the mortgage and the picket fence and have the family and pay the taxes. And that's just part of the system and being in the system. And you're taught what success is. Oh, go be a doctor. Go make this much money. Go have this and that and this and that. And that's how you measure success. But in my early 20s, when I was in real estate, I was very successful and I was Finding my value in what I amassed mm. superficially, like a house and a boat and a car and the rims and the bike. And the, and then that can go away like this. And then what happens? You're still there. It's still you and all your shit. Mm. Right. So you have to deal with your conversations. You have to deal with being enough yourself and not allowing all these other things to define you. And luckily, I learned that early you know, in my 20s. And I carried that on into when I went into finance. And that's another industry motivated by money. And there was just a point where I wasn't motivated by money anymore. Mm. So I think that my intention and my work and what I'm trying to do is what's motivating everything. And the success is just coming from from being it, believing it and seeing it and not chasing money mm. and not chasing all the other things that we use to typically define ourselves because yeah. I just don't care about that anymore. Well, yeah, there has to be a deep level of fulfillment now with the work that you're doing and how it's affecting masses of people to acquiring things that were just satisfying you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before it's like, Hey, I have a boat. Let's go on the lake, get a bunch of friends. Awesome. We have a great time. Now it's like, wait, I paint this wall. And I paint, I like to say I paint for myself, but we're all mirrors of each other and we're all connected. So if I need to hear that message, maybe someone else needs to, whether they interpret it the same way or not, that's not the point. I like to open the door mm -hmm. and then I can have a conversation with one person, 10 people, 2000 people, 
or a wall, and then 40 to 50,000 people drive by this wall. So that's 40 to 50,000 people I can affect with a conversation I was having with myself. Right. And I've, there's just the results on what I see on social media and the stories and the DMs and people coming up off the streets and, and sharing their stories. It was just... I, like I have to do this. I don't like to say I have to do things, but like, right? You know, it's such more an artist response. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew it was more than just pretty colorful art. It's like I know that I want to affect people emotionally, and I want to affect people's hearts, and I want to affect how they think and feel and believe, and maybe that can lead to them being better. Definitely leads to me being better because I'm doing the work every single day. You're right. I mean, I feel like, especially right now where we are, there's so much division and I don't even like, honestly, I don't even like to say that anymore because I feel like it perpetuates that. So what I say is we've, we've just forgotten how to be more unified. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm really hopeful that we will continue to change and evolve that because I really do believe that we are getting into a place of feeling more, uh, awakened or I don't want to say woke, but you know, just more aware of it. What do you think about that? I believe that people are starting to go back to finding community. And if we go back, if we look at history, the history of man, you know, one to five humans can't really survive. But once you hit seven, eight, nine, 10, then you can survive because you've got each other's backs. I think there was a long, you know, when we were growing up, it's the nuclear family. It's you, your mom, your brother, sister, whatever, and that's it. And you go to school and you go back. Like, I don't, I, my experience, like, we didn't really talk to our neighbors. There wasn't that whole thing. And I think that happens a lot. Like, even yeah. when I lived in Woodland Hills uh, in a townhouse, I didn't know who my neighbors were. So it's really weird. Now where I live, I know where, who all my neighbors are. Uh, I forget their names, but I, I <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we have conversations. It's just, I've been terrible with the names lately and I kick myself for that, but that's a whole nother thing. I'll remember exactly what we talked about. Yeah. But I believe we're going more toward that. And I hate using the word tribe, but I mean, there's this whole movement around tribe and community. And I believe families last more if you have everyone around you. I mean, we treat our elders like crap and that's who can watch my kids. If you know, you have the support so everyone could do, go do what they do, but we're in this whole, like me, 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 I, I, I can do everything, mm -hmm. but is that the best for your kid? I don't know. I don't have a kid yet, but when we have a kid, like we're trying to figure all that out yeah. and, and, and see who's going to help, not help. We're already telling people you're going to babysit. You're going to babysit. You're going to babysit. <laughs> you're signing, signing up babysitters. Yeah, all the time. I'll babysit but, uh, for you guys. Perfect. <laughs> so I, I, I do believe that people are going back to community. People genuinely want to do good for each other. And sometimes they just don't know how. Mostly they think, oh, well, I guess I could write a donation check to a nonprofit. But mm. no, your time, that's what's valuable. Yeah. You know, I'd rather take... For example, Bill Gates donating a bunch of money. Awesome. Amazing. We could do good work. Bill Gates sitting there doing it with you, painting a mural with me. What's the power in that story? Because he's giving his time. So I believe time is the most powerful currency. Wow. I'm, I would second that. I agree. I think that 
it's something that's the the biggest gift or people's presence, like your actual presence or paying attention or people Mm -hmm. just being fully engaged. I think there's, there's a huge gift in that as well. I want to talk to you about language and the power of language and the power of words, because there's so many cliche words out there. You said the one about tribe and I, I can, I, I feel that way at times as well with certain words that kind of, yeah, be so genuinely authentic. Yeah. I don't know why, but I feel so like I'm getting irked with this stuff. And it could be just the world of social media where everybody's trying to be all of those things. But to me, it's like, just be them. Don't talk about it. Just be it. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not sure. What is it that's triggering for you? Yeah, uh, the same thing. What's also like, I know people that overtly like just, oh, authentic. authentic. I'm like, okay, but you're using the word hiding behind it. And now you're not being authentic. So like, I really try not to use my word, that, that word, because if we're all being in the moment, we're all authentic in that moment. So are you trying to define your authenticity? Cause then you're creating it. That's so good. <laughs> like That's so good. Listen, people, um, as far as the power of a word like love, I don't even like to use the word hate. I try to really watch the words that I say when I say them, aside from, you know, having a sailor's mouth once in a while, because there's just certain words that you just can't avoid. But what's your feeling behind the language that you use and how you use language, especially as there's language, language is such a pivotal, uh, foundation to your work. Uh Um, the words we use, I just say, be mindful to what you use. You know, I have a lot of things around. I am. And, you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, eh, I'm sad today. I'm unhappy. I'm unworthy. I'm fat. I don't feel good. I'm sick. But if you keep leaning into that, guess what? Those words become real, mm-hmm. you know? And yes, you're allowed to feel that we're human. There's days I can totally feel like I don't want to get out of bed. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to wallow in it. Because sometimes when you keep saying that and keep saying that, it becomes the truth, becomes real, and you become exactly that. You become sick, fat, ugly, and unworthy in, in whatever you're trying to do. Or you can say, you know what? I am enough. I am worthy. I am doing the best that I can. I am getting up every day and walking out of this house. I am happy. All those things. So, again, if you use whatever words after I am, you're going to become that. And the reason I use words in my art is art's so subjective already. You know, there's tons of art out there. There's amazing artists. And then there's stuff that's like, wow, that is amazing. But I have no idea what it is. And I know people understand language. So I, I use language within the pieces because it's just, I'm inviting you one step closer to kind of understanding what I'm trying to do. And I think language is very powerful. Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like being that mindful is just another way of being present and of being, I'm like, and of being authentic. See, how do we, how do we redefine that word? Um, I guess really it's more about taking action. It's about proving what you're trying to, or what you're saying, right? It's like, don't just say it, do it. So in saying that, what are the ways that you practice love in your life? Mm. 
so many. Well, painting it, painting it is one way. Um, giving time, like I'm a time Nazi. Like I, I, if I'm not early, I'm late. And I'm a time Nazi. That's so good. Uh, yeah, and it bothers me. Like I have people in my life that are just notoriously tardy late people, and I always give them crap for it. But, but it's just because it. it I, I think time is everything. So giving my time, being present, is important. So if I give my time to someone, I'm showing love. Um. But the little things, trying to listen, trying to get, let me not use trying, listening, being better, learning from my mistakes, being humbled all the time. Um, these are all ways of showing love, being grateful. So, I mean, we operate out of two things, love or fear. What has been the biggest lesson you've learned from fear the biggest lesson is that fear keeps me from moving forward. So I stayed longer in my career before becoming a full-time artist out of fear of like, what does this look like? What does this day look like? What does my life look like? What is this formula? Like in finance, you have a formula. You get up, you get to the office, suit and tie, make your dials, make your calls, do your, like, like there's a, what's this life look like? One day I'm painting a mural, one day I'm in Texas, one day I'm doing a canvas over here, over here I'm in a commercial, over here I'm doing that. Like it's always different, which is awesome. So it was just realizing that that is what it's supposed to look like. Right. Because that's how I'm making it. Yeah. So yeah, fear keeps you from moving forward. When you were transitioning into this this life this new i would say this new like there was a paradigm shift that happened when you decided to do this full time and there like you said there's always going to be fear in that and there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast and one of the biggest things that they inquire about anytime we have a guest is um how to move past that fear or how to get unstuck because a lot of the times people feel like they constantly, for me, my, my answer, and it varies, right? I feel like we have been so conditioned to think that things need to move all the time, that there always has to be movement. If you're not getting an email, if you're not getting a call today, then your career is over. You know, I don't agree with that. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. Well, a few things that last point, I mean, if I'm not working on a commissioned project or a mural, then I'm just creating something new for myself that I'm going to show in the future. So you've got to just constantly be working and creating. But the moment with me was like, I was just like, Ruben, why are you constantly in the space of scarcity when it comes around to unknowing this? Cause it, it, it always comes to money. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I just said, Hey, you've always made money. So in eighth grade, since eighth grade, you've had your own little side hustles all the way through to now. Like you've always made money. So that's not a problem. So don't let that be a problem. And then once I acknowledged that conversation and I said, yeah, it's not even an issue. I just stopped going to the office and that was it. That was like the thing. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So for the people listening, what's your advice? I'm like, I'm like, just don't show up at work the next day. That's what you do. Well, I was self-employed too, so there's a, so it's maybe let's clarify that a little bit. Yeah. 
So I've always been self-employed also. So then that's another thing that I've always worked off of generating my own income. But what I would tell people who have a side hustle and a hobby and a thing, do things that support making income. You got to make income. You can't just literally quit and then figure out how you're going to pay your bills. As you start growing the side thing, that starts making you money. But the, the, the side job that keeps you making the money to pay the bills should be something that honors and respects what you're trying to build. So if you're in photography, you know, go work on something that allows you to have the hours to go off and take photos of whatever you're doing. If you are a musician and you know that you work great at night, then go be a server during the day and earn some money. Like do something that's not going to make you so exhausted that you can't work on your thing on the side or it's going to keep you full time away from it. It's, it's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and what I love about that is that it still keeps the forward momentum on your 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 goal or your your passion is still the at the forefront of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um what is the difference between passion and purpose, if you think there is a difference? I mean, there is a lot of passion to people on the planet. That doesn't mean that they're moving with their purpose. I mean, we're Latinos. Latinos are very passionate, fiery people. <laughs> totally, right? right. So we, <laughs> we can get fired up over anything. For sure. Um, you know, you can have passion over, you know, the team, go Lakers. There's passion there, but, mm-hmm. you know, so I think there is a difference between the two. You've got to have passion for your purpose. You don't have to know what your purpose is. I think people put too much weight on what is my purpose? Am I living my purpose? I mean, your purpose could literally be a get up out of breath, breathe, and just move on with your day. Like, don't overthink it. You don't have to be Elon Musk. You don't have to be someone that's curing cancer or whatever. Like, it's whatever you're doing in your life. I think we get a little too grandiose. Mm-hmm. And we like to measure ourselves with, well, I'm not that person. So my purpose is non-existent. Yeah. That's not true. I mean, you can be the best mother ever. And maybe your kid is the next Elon Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know. I mean, your purpose isn't, it doesn't have to be this thing that we put so much weight on. Why do you think we, I feel like it's been such a big thing now that it's, you know, I, I led a retreat on finding your life's purpose, but the whole retreat was really just cultivating all of your own gifts and really listening to yourself. That's mm-hmm. your purpose. Your purpose is not a number in your bank account. It's not how many, how many accolades you receive. It's deeper than that. And you're right. It, it, I think it's to each individual. They have to understand that it's a process and a journey and you have to really be able to understand yourself at, at a deep level, not just what it looks like for social media or what mm-hmm. the other others think is a passionate, purposeful life. And I think that one of the major things that I like to talk about as well is how comparison is the biggest joy kill and an instrument of social media, which, which, you know, I, I love social media because it may, I mean, we connected on social media, like, I think it's important for us to have that, but I feel like it can't be everything to people because it really does a lot of that comparison mm-hmm. thing. So I really like what you're saying about not, it, it's going to look different for you, right? So for the people that are listening to this podcast that 
perhaps get in that mindset of comparing themselves to others, other people's success, because all they see on their social media feed is like, here's how you're going to find your purpose. You're not happy. Like, let me show you. Well, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of people that are doing that too. Right. Mm-hmm. I asked a lot of questions, just answer whichever one you want. <laughs> uh, you know what, why don't we keep it simple as saying your purpose is to breathe and maximize the small finite amount of time that you have in this body on this earth. So that's one way of doing it. And the other way is you, you know, it's funny because you look at all these feeds and I know a lot of people and I look at their feeds and I'm like, well, I know who you are and your feed doesn't match who you are. Like, that's confusing. I have a conflict because I know you. And then there's people that are like, dude, your feed is exactly who you are. That's awesome. So you never know what you're going to get. You know, some, sometimes I speak to kids and I use my murals as examples and I put up, you are beautiful. And I ask the kids question, Hey, what's, do you feel beautiful? Do you not? And the little girl's like, no, I don't because I'm not this person. We won't name her name. Um, but I kind of, you don't want to make a kid wrong. So I reframed it and said, look, they have a curated life. They're getting paid to do that. This is their lifestyle. You can use her as a person you'd like to become for all the good reasons, business, money, income, this, that, whatever, but don't use it as I will never look like her. Cause it's true. You won't. We're not going to look like other people. We're made to look the way we're going to make. So there's still ways of using some of this stuff. And it's just, I think, rewording it. Um, Because it's tough. It is tough out there. I mean, body dysmorphia and anorexia and bulimia, all these things are like real things. And, you know, it's there's also a truth. Like sometimes I see things of like men don't want that. They want the curves and the this. And I'm like, yeah, this is true. Go talk to men. What do they want? You know, there are a few that want that super skinny six foot two. I don't even know why, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, so just realize there's someone always out there for you. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Be patient. But ultimately, when you love you, that's what. Yeah. You have to love yourself before. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like that's. You do that. You do that transmission really eloquently with your work. So that's, you're not one of those people that gives me a conflict because your, your feed matches your, (laughs) your, your person. So congrats. So what has been the biggest lesson that love has taught you? Oh man. I mean, the biggest, biggest lesson, I don't know. Honestly, it's more, we don't come with instructions. So like the parent, our parents do the best they can. People are doing the best they can. Uh, People snap because they snap for the information that they have. They might not have the whole picture. So if we realize the information we have versus the information of someone else and we just come from love, we can find middle ground and you know, I'm emotional. We're emotional people. I'm very sensitive. So I get emotional and sometimes I just see emotion and I've got to realize, hold on, pull that back. Like what's triggering me? Are they doing it on purpose to trigger me? So, and that's hard. I'm not, it's not easy, 
But I think the biggest lesson is realizing that, you know, we are all innately doing the best that we can, unless you're just a sociopath or psychopath, but that's a different clinical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, the majority of humans, they're trying their best. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I like that. Um, It's a very optimistic way of looking at things. And I really loved how in the beginning you talked about being in that position where you have those moments as well. Like we all do, or we wake up and you like, don't want to do anything. There's been so many times where I've wanted to delete everything, like all of it, like website, Instagram to it. I'm just like, delete. It's just all gone. And just, it kind of makes me a little bit excited because I'm like, cause then what, there's nothing, you know, then you just get to connect with people, you know, in person. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of exciting. I mean, I know it's like not the as a business person, it's not really great to do that, but, (laughs) but, you know, I think it's just the idea of, of really allowing yourself to be who you are at your core and not allow any external factors to come in and say, you have to do this. You have to feel this way. You have to look like this. You Mm -hmm. have to be this way. So I really love that. And I like how that's one of your questions. It's like, how do you, how do you want to feel today? Mm -hmm. Right. You can aspire to be all those things. Just realize, do it your way. Yeah. So good. So I just have a couple more questions for you. One of them is you want to have children, right? Uh, you and your beautiful wife are going to have the cutest kids. I could see them already. Just hair balls. Yeah, <laughs> totally. They're going to have so much air. What your, your daughter or your son will listen to this and they'll hear their dad speak. What is your prayer for them, for the world that they live in? Mm. Wow, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that one. You got me there. <laughs> my, I mean, I guess ultimately my prayer for my the prayer for the world is like the work that I'm doing and the work that I'm doing with my circle of friends that are changing the world. Um, it's about the ripple effect. You know, I could ultimately say I'm on a world peace mission. I'm not going to create world peace, but if I hit enough ripples, eventually it will lead to that. So I, I do, I am hopeful that I can sit here and think that the world's going to end. Why am I going to have a kid? And when he's 35, the world explodes. Or I can say, hopefully we're making enough change and the, we're not going to kill off all the animals and the earth will be around and it'll start healing itself because humans are healing themselves. And that I can be the best example that I can be and not put any expectations on them. Mm. Um, I, learned, I heard this doctor one time. She just absolutely blew my mind on child rearing and What basically she said is humans, parents are doing their best, but what happens is they don't, they lose themselves and they make their kid their trophy. So it's like, look what my kid did. Look what my, and then they push that all on their kid to validate them as parents and humans. And that's a lot of weight to put on a child, not to mention a child's just another human. It's another person. And they're on loan to you until they go and find their own way and move on with the world. So 
I think if you think that way, and, and that's the way I want to think with, with my child, like, look, this is another human being. It's not my kid that I own. I just get to protect and nurture and love until they could do what they do in, in the, in the world that's left. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that true. answered. No, it totally does. I, and it just, it, it kind of like makes me emotional every time I, I've at, and I don't ask this question all the time, but I feel like when I have asked this question, it, it makes me really hopeful for the future because of people like you that are doing great work and creating that ripple effect, even though we might not see it all the time. I think that when you have a higher calling, like you do that, you are affecting people and you get to change the world for your children. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to now change things the way that they were for you, maybe growing up, right. You get to make that change. Um, so I'm excited to meet them when they come. Mm -hmm. Do you like how I'm saying they? I'm like, you guys are going to have like five kids. No, That's my no, prediction. How do you feel the most free? Mm. I feel the most free when I'm not overthinking things. When I'm not in my head. And I'm just being... Um, and usually it comes in flow, you know, sometimes I'm looking at, at a wall before I paint it. I'm like, Oh God, here we go again. Is it going to look right? Am I going to finish this on time? How long is it? How bad is this going to hurt? Like, cause it's physically daunting. And then when you're in flow and then it's done and then you're like, Oh, yeah, there it is. So like, there's this whole, so like in the middle of all that, right. yeah. <laughs> that, so in the middle of that process is when you feel the most free. Yeah. That's great. Um, What's the best words of wisdom that have been given to you or that you learned that you think about daily or that you live your life by? Mm. Take responsibility for everything. Because if you take responsibility for everything, it can't be anyone else's fault but yours. And Trust me, that's hard too, especially when you get into this emotional, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, be the most responsible. Even if, you know, even if you know, this is the hardest part, even if you know you're right, you can say you're wrong. Like, I learned that one from the wife. <laughs> um, but be the most responsible in everything. Try, don't complain, just go do something about it. This is not gonna help anything. That's so good. I, I feel a similar sentiment. I agree with that hundred percent. So before I ask you the final question, um, is there anything that you want to share with the people listening that I haven't asked you? Mm, you have to love yourself. It's not an ego thing. It's not a conceited thing. It's not an arrogant thing. Um, sometimes overconfidence can fall into all of that, but you have to love yourself. Everything else gets easier when you do. And yeah, there's days where you can hate yourself, but it's very important. And, you know, sometimes I'll have conversations with people and I'll give them an exercise and I'll say, hey, write yourself a love letter for the next 30 days. 
And it's simple. I love you or it's love or it's love, 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 or it's a long drawn out essay, but don't worry about grammar, punctuation, just do it. And the people that do it, then they come back, they're like, wow. So for all of you listening, maybe that's your homework from Ruben after listening to this podcast, create a ritual or routine where you write a love letter to yourself for the next 30 days and then let us know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Post us. So the final question is in pertaining to this podcast and why I created the podcast. And the idea is very similar to your philosophy and your way is that we are all connected, that we are all innately radically loved by God, source, whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us. And so the idea is that we are radically loved and supported by the universe, by everything, by nature, by everything around you. So the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? Mm, well, talking into what you just said, I say yes to a lot of things and trust the universe and the universe will provide, you know, however you want to word that it's so true. Um, how do I feel radically loved? I, it's by doing what I'm doing. It's not just the love of my wife or my brother or mother or friends. It's like really realizing that you're here to do something. And when you're doing that, that is love. Everything we're doing is love. But the universe really has our back, especially when you surrender and you're, you're into it and not overthinking it. It's, it's there and you don't realize it. And you might not realize it for a couple of years. You're like, oh, wow, it's been five years and here I am. So. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show and for spending some time with me. I love that that's one of your love languages. So I'm going to take it because you said that your time is very precious. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you and all of your work and just your time. So for the people that are listening to this podcast, how can they connect with you if they want to reach out or uh, communicate with you in some way, shape or form? Uh, Instagram at Ruben Rojas. DM me, message me. I reply to everyone as fast as I possibly can. Uh, RubenRojas.com. Uh, everything is basically Ruben Rojas, but those are the main two. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't hesitate to message me. I'll, I'll reply when I'm around and when I can. Thanks, Ruben. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.